Well, as you all know, today is National Hot Dog Day, and uh, perhaps you also know that hot dog is my favorite meat. I love hot dogs. Uh, I love them in buns. I love them outside of buns. I love them with baked beans. I just like hot dogs. It's the best, you know, best meat there is, without question. So to all of you who, like me, are celebrating uh, National hot, hot Dog Day, uh, congratulations to you, and may there be many, many more hot dogs served in our wonderful land. July 20th, 2023. That's right. Just one day after National Hat Hot Dog Day. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. We are live streaming on Rumble Locals and YouTube. If you'd like to join us for a live chat during the show with other actual human beings, not autonomous bots and other weirdos, uh, join us right now at rubinreport.locals.com, where of course we have a uh, post-game show as well, and we are doing a Ruben Report community Q&A today after I get to a couple stories up top. We are going to analyze the modern thought leaders of the Democrat Party. These are clever, witty, thoughtful people in bizarro land. But on this planet, not bright, not good, not nice, and I don't know why we have anything to do with any of them. Uh, but before we do anything else, yesterday was National Hot Dog Day. I did not know that until I saw that very viral video of Mitt Romney walking the halls uh, in DC, telling us that it was National Hat Hot Dog Day. Uh, I'd like to play the video again because there's so many things in this video that sort of perfectly encapsulate why everyone hates politicians and why I often said throughout the years, for as frustrated as I may be with Donald Trump right now, that Donald Trump is far more authentic than any of these people. Can we play this thing again? Let, well, let as you all know, today is National know. Hot Dog Day. And uh, perhaps you also know that hot dog is my favorite meat. I love hot dogs. Uh, I hot love dog's them not a meat. in buns. I love them outside of buns. I love them with buns. baked beans. I Anywhere. just like Blind hot dogs. Face, it's the best, Whatever. You know, best meat there is, without question. It's not a so meat. So all of you not who like meat. me are celebrating uh, National hat, Hot Dog Day. Uh, Ooh, hat, uh, hot. Congratulations <laughs> to you. And congratulations many, many to you for celebrating in our wonderful National. Land. Like, what? You know that video that's been going viral lately of this girl on a plane where she apparently gets into a fight with some guy in the back of the plane and then they, you see her kind of going to the front. She turns around and she's like pointing at this guy. That's not a real human. That's not a real human. Like, I'm really starting to think that. We played the video yesterday of John Kerry as a lizard man. You know, the tongue is constantly popping out of his mouth. And then Mitt Romney, National Hot Dog Day. It's like, who are these people? I Do love hot dogs. <laughs> We got a big show for you today. We're gonna to dive into, uh, that's a little Republican lunacy right there because the Republicans ain't much better. Uh, they're a little better, but they ain't much better. Uh, we're gonna dive into mostly the, just like the general state of insanity of the Democrat party. Like there's been so many things in the last couple of days and we've been mostly focusing on the Republican primary stuff. So we're gonna dive into that. And as I said, a community Q and A uh, real quick, let me talk to you guys about Route 66. You know, last week I shared a story about the iconic Route 66 highway that stretches across the U.S. from Chicago to L.A. I also shared some of the challenges for survival that many of the small businesses have been confronted with since, since the construction of the U.S. interstate freeway system. Although more efficient, the interstate design bypasses many of the once thriving shops scattered along the mother road and has nearly driven them into extinction. 
reintroducing one of our newest sponsors, Route 66 Revitalization. That's what I'm doing right now. This is a nonprofit organization that was created to bring awareness to the forgotten businesses still trying to survive along the old Route 66 corridor and ultimately preserve the nostalgia of the little shops and restaurants that represent a booming time in America's past. Yeah, we used to have a booming America, pretty good. One of the current projects that the Route 66 revitalization team is working on is to revitalize the California Route 66 Museum located in Victorville, California, halfway between LA and Vegas. This American treasure nearly closed several times over the years. However, the museum's dedicated volunteers began paying for operating expenses out of pocket to keep the doors open. And amazingly, it's still free to the public. In an effort to draw more awareness and tourism to the museum, the Route 66 revitalization team acquired and donated a historic 1968 Santa Fe Railroad caboose and are in the process of relocating the train car to be set adjacent to the museum to create a new buzz and new traffic. Hoping to complete the caboose relocation project this week, the Route 66 revitalization team is asking for your support. To help, you can send donations through their secure website at www.route66revitalization.com or you can access the donation page by taking a picture of the QR code below with your phone. You can also make donations directly to Historic Route 66 Museum at info at caroute66museum.com. It is a worthy cause. And now back to me. Okay, let's dive into the Democrats. And when you think about the Democrats, you think of the AOCs, the Ilhan Omars, the Rashida Tlaibs, the Gavin Newsoms, the Gretchen Whitmers. It is a clown car of just nonsensical stupidity, horrible people, and usually botched face work. Uh, but AOC particularly, she's, she's just the queen of all of the nonsense. Uh, and she's very upset that occasionally people say mean things to her on the Twitter. Uh, she tweeted this out about the Twitter. LOL, LOL, I have never experienced more harassment on this platform than I do now. People now pay to give their harassment more visibility. The de-verification process, the de-verification of journalists, civic organizations, and figures has made it impossible to follow conversations. I wish it could be usable again. And she's responding to a Twitter safety tweet right there. Now, there's just so much hilarity here because one of the things that Twitter did, that Elon did, that I personally was a little frustrated by at, at first, but I now realize why it was so good, is that he democratized that blue check process, right? So the old way you could get the blue check. And if you had the blue check, for those of you that are not on Twitter, and as I often say, there's just no need to be on there. If you haven't made it on there at this point, God bless you. Keep going. Keep going. Go forward. But the blue check was the signifier that you were actually you, right? So that if I, Dave Rubin, had the blue check for Rubin Report, people would know that I was the authentic Dave Rubin because there were a gajillion other fake Dave Rubins, just like there are a jillion other fake AOCs and fake uh, Elon Musks and everything else. What he did was he said, oh, now you can actually pay for the blue check, which will, will verify that you're a real person. You're not a bot. You're not a computer and everything else. And what that allowed for, not only was for him as a businessman to make a little money on that $44 billion investment, uh, but it also allowed more people to, to feel like they 
were, had a little skin in the game because the verification process was basically if you were a HuffPost journalist or you worked at CNN or any of these activist organizations, you got the blue check. It somehow made you and your opinions more valuable than everybody else. And one thing that Democrats hate and progressives really hate is they hate being thought of as everybody else. She's pissed that her blue check is the same blue check that everybody else has. I now realize that it's completely fine. People know who I am. It is what it is. And now people throw in a couple bucks. And then because of the blue check, you might see their comments more. Just broadly speaking, without, all right, and enough of the uh, insider Twitter stuff. The idea that you pay to be part of something so that your voice can be heard actually elevates the conversation, right? When everything is free, nothing has any value. And that's one of the problems with the internet. People have a million burner accounts. You can sign up anonymously for everything. You control people all, all day long. And also her complaining that people say mean things to her. People say mean things to me all day long. You don't have to open the app. You don't have to respond to people. You can block and mute people, all of those things. But Victimhood, we know. Hierarchy, right? It's a triangle like this. Victimhood at the top. Elon did respond to her and he said, methinks somebody doth protest too much, of course. Uh, but let's continue with AOC because her eye is on the ball. You know, there's that meme of her eyes kind of going in every which direction. But her eyes are on the ball. She wants us to focus on climate change because AOC and her Green New Deal can save you. And that's what we should be focusing on rather than, I don't know, massive government corruption and scandals involving the president of the United States. If Republicans truly want to get to the fact here and they want to understand why Mr. Weiss decided to charge Hunter Biden the way he did, let's hear from Mr. Weiss. But until then, we must move on from these theories and focus on the issues that matter to the American people, like ending the scourge of gun violence that is plaguing our country, confronting and combating the climate crisis and standing up for our constitutional rights, and yes, going after the enormous amount of inequity and injustice in our tax system. And with that, I yield back to the chair. Oh, for the love of God. First off, they really just don't want you having any knowledge as to what was going on with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and the deep corruption at Burisma and the energy company and all of that, right? Because if you looked at any of that on top of just all of the porn pictures and the smoke and crack and all that stuff, you might uncover that the Democrats are deeply corrupt and that Joe Biden is in bed with a whole bunch of bad people and all of that. I know you guys get it. But then the way she says, well, you know, in essence, we can't do two things at once because she really wants you to focus on the climate as if just imagine the idea that AOC or John Kerry or any of these climate hoes could do anything to fix the climate. They cannot, they just cannot. Even if you think that the climate is changing and you believe that it's man-made climate change and you think we gotta get rid of fossil fuels and everything else, if you think that AOC can fix it, you're just nuts. Uh, she also is focused on- should die because they can't afford insulin? <laughs> do you think that fossil fuel CEO should decide whether the planet gets set on fire? Ah! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're freaking me out, man. Um, you know, the, the other thing there is she's also wants, wants to focus on ending gun violence. Of course, she never talks about, say, a place like Chicago. Can I get the numbers, Brock? Can you get me the numbers? How many people were shot in Chicago this past weekend? She never talks about how the places that have the most 
gun regulation are often the places that the most people are shot and killed. Uh, there are many reasons for that. Generally speaking, good guys don't randomly shoot people. So they never want you to think about that. When she talks about gun regulation, what she means is we want to take guns away from as many law-abiding citizens as possible so that the government, us, we will have all of the guns. I'm getting the gun numbers on the fly. How many people, wow. I am absolutely shocked. There were only 13 people shot in Chicago this weekend. 13 people, and only one person was killed in Chicago by gun violence this weekend. We should probably just end the show and go celebrate. You guys want to go to, where do you want to go? You want to go to uh, Gabe and Buster's or something? Like, let's just, let, let's go, go shoot some aliens and eat some wings. That is, I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked. Anyway, you get it. They just want your eye off the ball. They don't want you to look at government corruption. They don't want you to look at how they've mucked up the economy. They don't want you to look at how they've screwed up the border or what they're doing in Ukraine. It's, they want you to focus on things that you cannot control, that they certainly cannot control and everything else. Watch this one. Here's the televised mental institution known as MSNBC. And Joe, good old Joe Scarborough, he's very, you know, it's hot. It's, you're not going to believe this. It's hot right now in certain parts of America. Uh, we're rolling into August. We're at the end of July. Uh, that's known, uh, I'm not a scientist, but I believe we call that the summer. It's one of the four seasons. I'm not talking about Frankie Valley and the four seasons. I'm talking about the actual four seasons. Uh, and it's hot right now. And Joe's freaking out because it, it, it's warm. And we have holy Jesus, it's warm. Way. I mean, it's getting harder and harder to fly this summer. Really tough. Because of, 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 of the extraordinary... Uh, weather crisis that is gripping the country, uh, it, it, causing flights to be canceled left and right. Uh, headline out of Las Vegas, Delta flight canceled when heat-related illnesses oh hit passengers headed from Las Vegas to Atlanta. 108 degrees outside, four hours on the tarmac, oh and people inside the airplane suffering uh, uh, heat-related Ill illnesses. Um, it, it is again. I mean, and you you look at the storms, you look at the disasters, and if you're if if you're still denying uh, the impact of climate change and the impact of billions and billions of Americans uh, pumping uh, carbon in, into the atmosphere nonstop, uh, China and India especially right now, but also the United States disproportionately doing the same. You, you're 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 living in an alternate reality. You real? Yes, Joe. I am living in an alternate reality than you because you live in bizarro, progressive psycholand, and I live on planet Earth. Everything you just said there, of course, everything you just said was completely nonsense. You're, it's hot. Let me get this straight. It's hot in Las Vegas at the end of July. It got into the hundreds in Vegas in the end of July. The plane that he's referring to. Uh, is because the air conditioning broke on the plane. That does happen on planes every now and again. I, I'm guaranteeing almost everybody watching this has been on a plane where they've had an air conditioning problem. It does happen every now and again. And people are saying it's very hot in Arizona right now. That's been a thing. It's very hot in Arizona. Uh, Connor, you are from Phoenix. Can you tell me as, a, as an Arizonan growing up there, you're a young kid, you're out there on your bike in the summer. How would you describe the weather? And this is, you know, you're in your 30s, so this is a while ago. You don't go outdoors. It's, he's saying it's warm. 
it was warm when he was a child growing up in the summer in Arizona. Do you understand this? And that this Joe and you billions of Americans with your carbon and your fossil fuels. And it's like all of us could shut down all of our cars and our gas stoves and we could sit underground eating goo and China and India would actually still be pumping all that crap into the into the atmosphere. That's how it works, people. But thank God we have Democrats because Democrats will save you from heat. They will, they will do everything they possibly can. Here is a woman who has more artificial injections in her face than almost anyone in public life, short of Madonna. Yes, that's right, Nancy Pelosi, hide the children. But she's doing it for the children. She's fighting the climate for the children. Elections have ramifications. I'm uh, happily in a place where I can uh, continue to be working politically but I would hope that it could be we could be working in a unifying way to bring people together. Democrats, Republicans, declines to state, as we call them in California, uh, so that we're there to honor our oath, to uphold the law. No one is above it. And to be respectful of women, uh, because that, again, is really important for our country. I'm there for the children. And so my mm-hmm. judgment about anybody is what it, what it if what they are doing is harmful to the children, whether it's the air they breathe, the climate crisis that we have, their education, children learning, parents earning. Uh, we have a, a, a wonderful country and we have to recapture some of the, the greatness uh, that, again, has put it, been put in doubt by uh, the current leadership in the Republican Party in the Congress of the United States. Our children, our children, our ah! children. <laughs> That's the Crip Keeper. They're doing this stuff on the fly with me, people. She freaks me out. Like that woman, imagine you're a small child. Nancy Pelosi, it's evening. You wake up, you see Nancy Pelosi's face. You're going to freak the F out. Nobody should ever have to see Nancy, especially without makeup. Can you imagine what she looks like? But look, guys. She's doing this for the children. And at the end where she blames all of the problems, they're actually the, pro- it's because of the Republicans. They're, the Republicans are not in charge of the Senate. The Republicans are not in charge of the White House, but it's those mean Republicans making the earth hot. It's hot. Somebody do something. Oh my God. But thank God. It's not, not only do we have AOC, great gal. We've got Pelosi. We've got good guardians of truth like Joe and his sidekick over there, whatever her name is. Mika, uh, we've also got John Kerry and he's out there. He's flying in the plane all over the place and he's telling everybody they've got to stop doing stuff that he does. Here he is. And he had a conversation with the vice president of, yeah, look at this. I had a constructive conversation with vice president Han Zhang. This is the vice president of China today about the climate crisis, a universal threat to humankind and imperative of the U.S. and China to work together to address it. Uh, Of course, John Kerry uh, is really just going around begging people to do what he wants. Here he is at a press conference chatting about climate change with the Chinese, and he just really wants them to do something. But guess what, guys? China's going to do whatever the hell it wants. China and the United States are the two most powerful economies in the world. We also have to be the two largest emitters of greenhouse gases. And so the imperative of our two countries coming together and working and showing the rest of the world how we can cooperate and begin to address this with the urgency it requires. 
Guys, he's very, very concerned about the climate and he flies all over the world to tell everybody how they should live and what they should do. And you know damn well the guy's worth hundreds of millions of dollars because he married into the Heinz family. Yes, the Heinz ketchup family. His wife is Teresa Heinz Carey, okay? Uh, but it's very important that you don't do certain things, like use your gas stove, right? That's very important. And he's gonna fly private all the time. Uh, we showed you a, por a portion of this yesterday. I have to show it again. It's just so spectacular. He's testifying at Congress and they're asking about his private plane and watch this weasel operate. And I'm pretty sure this counts as lying under oath. And I know nobody gets punished for any of these things, but here we go. So uh, I just don't agree with your facts, which began with the presentation of one of the most outrageously persistent lies that I hear, which is this private jet. We don't own a private jet. I don't own a private jet. I personally have never owned a private jet. And obviously, it's pretty stupid to talk about coming in a private jet from the State Department up here. It just honestly, if that's where you want to go, go there. A few moments later. You uh, just testified under oath that you never owned a private jet. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to enter into the record uh, article here from February 15th of 2023. The John Kerry family private jet was sold shortly after accusations of climate hypocrisy. Uh, Mr. Secretary, do you stand by that testimony Not that you've never I, owned or I personally, your family? I by your family. personally, yes, my wife owned a plane. The gall of that man is just incredible. He personally never, now earlier in that video that we just showed you there, he kept saying we, but then at the end, I personally, oh yeah, oh, <laughs> I completely forgot. I forgot that my wife did own a plane and I was always flying on that plane. I had no freaking idea. It's just incredible. They lie about everything. Next tweet, this is Ilhan Omar, noted racist, socialist, communist, awful human being. The earth just broke the record for the hottest day in 120,000 years. In fact, we broke, uh, in fact, we broke in on three separate days, national climate emergency now. And of course, this was fact checked by Twitter, the community notes thing, which is just spectacular. The source for this claim appears to be the University of Maine Climate Reanalyzer, which has added a recent notice making it clear that it should not be taken as an official, as official observation records, because the real records on this stuff really only go back to like the late 1800s, if we're to believe any of this stuff. The idea that Ilhan Omar has any sense of what was going on temperature-wise on Earth 120,000 years ago is completely, absolutely, completely insane. But can you put the tweet up one more time? Because what really, forget all the lies. I get it, you guys get it. Like they lie about absolutely everything and it's all just done as a farce to keep your eye off the ball, as I said earlier. The last line is the, is the key part of this. She just says a whole bunch of nonsense, but why does she say it? To get us to a national climate emergency now. And you know what'll happen, guys? We will have national climate emergency lockdowns. And eventually they'll tell you, you can only be outside for a certain amount of time. And you'll only be able to eat these things because they're gonna have to close an awful lot of farms because those cows, you guys like eating meat, you like that ribeye, but those cows are farting and those cow farts are doing something to the environment. But do not worry, they will be eating well. Ugh.
terrible people. And speaking of terrible people, here is cringe Jean-Pierre. She was uh, doing one of her little press secretary things that she pretends to do over there at the White House. And uh, she was asked because Biden himself, Joe Biden himself, a tweet that he put out. Now, obviously, Joe Biden is not allowed to hold a phone. He probably doesn't even know what Twitter is. is, You know, they're just somebody else is doing it. But Joe Biden's Twitter account put out a tweet that was fact checked by Twitter and cringe was asked about it. The president had a, a tweet out last night saying that real wages for the average American worker have are higher than they were before the, the pandemic. That tweet has now been annotated with um, a, a message from the platform saying that that is not factual and that they have some 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 stats and some uh, charts uh, footnoted along with that. Uh, do you welcome that um, kind of contestation from tech platforms? We disagree. Do you have any, any? Well, we disagree because of we're looking at the data from uh, from February of 2021, and what we've seen is that wages have have gotten stronger, have increased. We've seen that binomics uh, has been really helpful in getting to make sure that we build an economy that leaves no one behind. Well, well, we just disagree with the fact checkers. We just make up numbers, sort of like we do something called the Inflation Reduction Act, which actually just means we print a whole bunch of money, uh, which actually causes inflation, but we put reduction right in the title of it, so you don't really have to think about it, do you? Which really just gets us to the uh, the nice linchpin of everything that I've done for the first 20 minutes of today's program. A simple line by Joe Biden when he was campaigning, when he actually did tell the truth. We choose unity over division. We choose science over fiction. We choose truth over facts. You know, we're living in a society. <laughs> we choose truth over facts. We choose truth over facts. They make up something that's true and they choose it over facts. I do accept that. Uh, guys, let me tell you a little bit more about Route 66 and then we'll get to the uh, community Q&A. But before I do, let me sip a little coffee out of this beautiful Route 66 mug that they sent me. That is a fine two-tone mug right there. That's very nice. Uh, Guys, I mentioned the amazing work that the Route 66 Revitalization Group is doing to help the mom and pop businesses scattered along the old mother road. Your donations are for an amazing cause and will help Route 66 Revitalization Team continue their mission to help preserve the priceless gems along the Route 66 mother road. Again, to offer your help, you can send donations through their secure website at www.route66revitalization.com or you can access the donation page by taking a picture of that cute. It's there, the QR code right there. You can take a picture of it. It'll pop up on your phone. And now back to me. All right, let's get to a little rubenreport.locals.com community Q&A. And by the way, since we have the live chat going during the show, why don't we do this, Phoenix, today? We will throw in a bonus question at the end on the fly from someone during the program right now. Gamma says, uh, we have created a generation that considers any form of discomfort or inconvenience traumatic, which means that literally all jobs are toxic work environments. Dave, is there a way to reverse this destructive cultural malaise? Right, at the point where we're at right now, anything can offend anybody. And that means you're in a toxic work environment. And that means you've got to talk to the department of this and that and the human resources people better do this. And oh my God, a white person said that to me and a straight woman did that. It, it, it is demolishing everything. That's what people really need to understand. Like you can joke about it 
or dismiss this woke stuff or go, okay, a bunch of kids with blue hair are screaming about something. But those people with those brainwashed, terrible ideas related to collectivism and, and racism and all of these things, they start moving up in the world, right? And I think a lot of people, this was, this was a big thing on my show for those of you that have been watching us, you know, really since probably 2016, 17. When I first started talking about what was happening with the modern left, and I, I was always using the phrase regressive left, right? That became a meme in and of itself because I said it so often. Um, one of the things that people would always say to me was, Dave, Dave, these kids are just college kids. And when they get out in the real world, like the real world will show them what's up. Like the, then they'll wake up, they'll be smacked with reality. And, and you know, that'll scare them straight. And what we found out was that the real world folded like a wet paper bag in essence, right? These people then became uh, department heads in HR departments. They became people that were pushing DIE. Look what they've done to Disney. Look what they've done to Bud Light. Look what they've done to Target. Look what they've done to Look at the people that now are government officials in, st in states and cities like Los Angeles, where you now can steal $850 worth of stuff. But if you steal 900, you're in trouble, which is why I always say you're allowed to steal a PlayStation 5 and about five games. But if you steal that sixth game, you take, uh, give me a game, give me a game. Madden, come on, I could have done that. I was going for something like with a gun or something. If you take too many of those, then you're in trouble. It's all nonsense and it destroys everything and we must fight it and not hire these people. It really is as simple as that. If you're, if you're someone, uh, own a business or you're in a position of hiring, you really have to make sure to discriminate. And I really mean that. Uh, discrimination to some extent is not a bad thing. You don't want to discriminate based on, the, on an immutable characteristic, but you should discriminate on someone's idea set and you do not want to bring any of these people into your organization. By the way, whether that's your uh, whether it's where you work, whether it's your religious institution, the school that you send your kids to, or anything else. Arnie says, have you ever wished you were born a different species? Ooh, that's interesting. Uh, I mean, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a Jedi. That's not a different species per se. Um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, having lived here in Florida right now, um, I, you know, the lizards are doing pretty well out here. We, we have so many freaking lizards here. I, I showed you a couple pictures of these massive, you know, six, seven foot iguanas that they're fighting with, but they're, they're hanging out. They lay in the sun all day. They're just enjoying life, breathing slowly, calmly, eating every now and again. They shit all around my pool, which that we're working on that. That's a problem, but they're living a pretty solid life. Uh, so I don't think I've ever thought of myself as uh, really cared to be another species. I guess a canonical asexual perhaps. Would that be a different species? Daddy, I want to see a movie with a canonical asexual. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, watch yesterday's show. Uh, Jay says, instead of confuse the cat, we might play confuse the woke. Question, if we divide 123 genders by white supremacy, how much climate change do we have? Answer, it depends on how many Teslas Musk sells. This is the level of stupidity we are getting to right now. Like it, it really like those types of questions and the, and the nonsense. Look, everything I just showed you from AOC, like it's all just drivel with these people. And again, you've just got to mock them into oblivion. Cinny says, did you ever think of doing a carnivore diet like Jordan Peterson? Um, you know, I've never done it strict. Like Jordan, as I've told you guys before, he's, he's actually, uh, I don't know, how much he's saying about it publicly, but I know he's diversifying his diet a little bit right now. I think he's mentioned that publicly. Uh, but for years, because of a bunch of autoimmune issues he had and health problems, 
and some stuff related to depression and a whole bunch of other things. He did the complete elimination diet. Literally, when we were on tour, he would have a ribeye for breakfast. He would have a ribeye for lunch. He would get a tomahawk that probably could feed four people for dinner. Steak, I'm talking about. Medium, he would always get it medium. And uh, with just a tiny bit of salt, no nothing, no oil, no pepper, no nothing, no sides, no greens, nothing, no potato. And he would get that big ass tomahawk and then he would have that in a bag snacking throughout the day because he couldn't eat the tomahawk for four. Um, So I ate a crazy, crazy amount of red meat when I was with him, but I usually was doing something green on the side or occasionally some potatoes or something. And sometimes obviously I didn't get steak. I mean, we we have a pretty good um, dietary situation around here. We try to do lean proteins. We do a lot of red meat. We did lamb last night, uh, but with just vegetable and maybe some like simple rice or simple potato. And I'm trying to drink a lot of water and uh, stay hydrated because it's hot here in the summer in Florida. (laughs) Somebody alert the climate people. Um, but no, I never thought about doing it so specifically. Uh, fortunately right now, I don't have any like major health problems or autoimmune issues or anything like that to do something so severe as, uh, as the elimination diet, but it worked for Jordan. It really didn't. And it might work for you. Uh, Bonnie says, I've heard a lot of commentators say that Ron DeSantis doesn't have the charisma or wit that Trump has. I think he should lean into that. We're not looking for a comedian or who is the best at sarcasm and witty comebacks. We need someone who has the policies, the cojones, great word, and can actually do what is best for America. Your thoughts. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you in that what I am looking for from a president are the two questions that I keep bringing up lately, right? Do I roughly agree with the stuff that you believe in? Are we just, are we ballparking it enough? Doesn't have to be everything, but is it ballparked enough that I agree with you? And then the second question, which is the more important one, do you think this person can accomplish those things? DeSantis, for me, question one, yes. Question two, absolutely, right? Uh, but we should acknowledge that that's not what everybody is looking for, right? A lot of people want the show. A lot of people want the reality version of all of this that Donald Trump offers. A lot of people want the owning and the destruction and the memes and blah, blah, blah. So you need to do both. I would say I agree with you on this. DeSantis does have to lean into who he is. You know, I've been with him and he can be fun. And as I said, when 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 we've done one-on-one things, talking about baseball or like just asking me things about the show or what it's been like to move to Florida, like stuff like that. Um, He's not the funniest guy on the planet, but I have seen him crack jokes. Uh, I've seen him be a really good father with his daughters when we had lunch a couple weeks ago in Nevada. Like, I think he can lean into that a little bit. I think he's, what what I think people are seeing with him is he's so hyper-competent that in some ways they're using that against him. And I think that that's a really dangerous play. I agree. It's like, do you want a comedian or a president? Do you want a friend or a president? Do you want a dad or a president? I want a competent president, but I think they will have to do something around some of that. And by the way, I think they're already doing it. You know, he, uh, he just went on Russell Brand, which did they release that yet? I spoke to Russell yesterday. I'm not sure if they released it yet. But Russell told me he really, really liked him and they got into some fun stuff. Actually, what Russell told me was that he wanted to get into more of that and they got and they ran out of time. Uh, but do Russell Brand, do Rogan, as I said, get up there, fight with the ladies of you, let people see you in a little bit of a different way. You obviously wear t-shirts on the weekend. Let's see some of that and, and loosen it up a little bit. But again, patience, guys. We're seven months away from the first primary. Uh, Lauren says, since you're departing our presence soon, I would like to hear beforehand your wisdom 
for us to strive uh, and our own hopes for the future in terms of your faith perspective. So that's right, guys. Uh, I cannot believe it. I said to David last night, I cannot believe it is almost August. This year, and as I've said to you guys before, maybe it's partly having kids, maybe it's partly being in my mid-40s or something. This year, maybe it's partly that life has been good and I love Florida and what I'm doing for a living and all those things, but this year has gone by so freaking fast. It's just incredible to me that we're about to hit our August off the grid situation. Uh, our last show actually, what's, what's the date on that? The 27th, right? Yes. So our last show actually will be a week from today, next Thursday, uh, the 27th, I got to take care of something on the 28th and it's an abbreviated off the grid August because our last show, July 27th, then I go off the grid, but I will be back in Milwaukee on uh, August 23rd uh, where the first Republican debate will be. We just, Rumble is the exclusive live streamer. I've mentioned it, YouTube's not getting it, so it'll be on Fox television, live streamed on Rumble. Rumble is going all in, spending a ton of money, building great studios. My On The Grid show will be 11 a.m. in the morning, and then we'll do some post-game and pre-game stuff. We've got, uh, we've got a couple of the presidential candidates who've already committed to join me on stage. We're gonna have a live audience. It's gonna be awesome, we're figuring all that out. Uh, but to, to the specifics of your question, uh, in terms of spirituality and everything else. Look, I said it years ago and it pissed off a lot of people when I came back from one of the Augusts and I said, you know, I, I, I cannot consider myself an atheist anymore. One of the reasons that I, I do the off the grid thing is that all of us, whether you kind of do what I do for a living or, or whatever you do, whether, whether you're a ditch digger or a teacher or an artist or a physicist, all of us can be in on what we're doing all the time. And we're parents and we're, coworkers and colleagues and all those things. You can be in it all the time, all the time. And what I realized years ago from being in it all the time and having to you know, be on this thing an awful lot and everything else, I thought, I think this is, this is gonna be my seventh year doing it. So let me just see if I could do it. But could I really just put this thing down and live like people lived back in say 1982? Could I do it? And it was kind of fun. And then I did it again and again. And each year I started gaining more perspective. One of the coolest things about it is, and this has happened to David as well, because he, he mostly does it now with kids. Obviously it's going to be a little bit different this year. Um, is I have found that literally old songs just start playing in my head and I can remember every freaking word of old songs. I start out of nowhere, like two weeks in, I'm thinking about a friend in third grade who I haven't thought of in 20 years ago. Like, like some stuff, there's so much stuff in all of our brains that we, we are so cluttered with nonsense that we can't get to, but it's all there. And it gives me a month to reorder everything and then come back with fresh eyes. And I think that that is the, that is the at a very kind of literal level, I think that is the spiritual kind of uh, move that I was looking for throughout this. So I cannot wait. And I hope you guys will try it. You know, even just try it on the weekends. Uh, we're gonna put some content up when we're off, but maybe do it for a couple days. See, see how you can make it work. And, and August is a good time to do that. Uh, Shelly says, Dave, how did you meet your Rubin Report team? Connor, Brock, Daphne. I probably missed a few names. If I did, forgive me. It's apparent that you all have different personalities that blend together an amazing outcome of friendship and respect. Look at us, guys. We're like the, the hobbits. You know what I mean? We're like the hobbits. How did I meet these guys? Well, let's see. Connor's, Connor's my, you're the OG at this point. Connor has been with me the longest at this point, and it was a couple, I don't know, it was three, four years back, and uh, we were looking for a new director. Uh, things were changing uh, during COVID and all that, and we got an email from this guy in Seattle, and I said, don't hold it against him, and it turned out you lived 
what, like a block away from CHOP. It was during that semi-autonomous zone where the crazy messed up racists had their own like four blocks in Seattle. And I was like, this guy's interesting to me. Let's see what happens. And, and we did one Zoom and we liked him and then we did an in-person thing and, and it's been great. So he's, oh, look at you, give it. And Connor's running the board right now. So he gave himself a round of applause. That's nice. Uh, let's see who's been with me next long is that, that would be you, Phoenix. Phoenix was originally uh, my intern from four or five years ago also, something like that. And I offered Phoenix a job. He was like, no, I wanna, I wanna stick through and try to go to college and see what happens. And I was like, I don't know what you're doing, but okay. And then one day uh, he came to me, he said, Dave, I, I tried the college thing, but if that offer still stands, I'd love to, I'd love to be part of the team. I think we hired you maybe, maybe literally that day. And, uh, and then obviously both these guys moved out to Florida with us. Uh, Daphne has been with us even longer, Barack, you are, you are a young, fresh uh, face in this thing. Daphne, I met at, she was at PragerU before all of this, and I was doing my last PragerU, I think it was my last PragerU four minute video, right? And uh, Michael, who was my previous producer before Phoenix, Michael knew Daphne and we were chatting a little bit. And the funny thing about PragerU, they have a million employees there. There are like hundreds of people everywhere, everyone saying hi to me. And you know, pe more people know me than I know them. So everyone says hi, blah, blah, blah. But I do remember walking down a hallway with Daphne and she was very sweet and friendly and offering to help however she could. And then I think maybe three or four days later, Helen, who was my previous assistant, who I absolutely adored, and Helen, she still watches the show, so shout out to Helen. Um, she, uh, she had some family stuff and decided to go in a different direction and then, uh, Two weeks later, Daphne was on board. And then back there, we have been, uh, got a special guest today, uh, Michaela, our current intern who lives in Pittsburgh. She is here uh, this week because we're doing the big Ruben Report community meetup next week. So uh, next Thursday, which will be my last day on the grid that night, we're doing a locals community meetup in Miami. So if you wanna join us and have some drinks and food and all that good stuff, uh, you can join us for that. So Michaela came to town to join that. And Michaela, I think was just, watching the show and we were looking for an intern and uh, oh and I, yeah I skyped with a couple people she was by far the best and uh, here we are and then we've of course got Chris who is in an undisclosed location he does a lot of the back end stuff on YouTube and Chris actually I'm sorry Chris has been with us for the longest even even beyond you Connor Chris, I apologize, you have been with us for the longest and Chris is an absolute all-star. Uh, so much of our channel growth and, and how you guys get the videos and everything else. And then finally, Brock has been with us, well, Brock, you've been with us longer than Michaela, but Brock, uh, only in the last, how long now? About December. December of last year, we were looking for a new social media guy, uh, marketing guy. I interviewed a couple people, uh, Brock's all his like, the resume and everything was just absolutely perfect. And he used to work for the Chicago Bulls and Toronto uh, for Turning Point USA and between basketball and just getting the space and like, he's a master. And he said, I said, he said, uh, Dave, you know, you gotta get the uh, TikTok. And I said, I am not putting Chinese spyware on my phone. And he said, Dave, I'll do it for you. So he has the Chinese spyware on his phone to work for me. And I thought, what a good man. That's the longest answer I've ever given for a uh, Q&A. Let's keep moving. Eurasian says, uh, so leftists like LADA, George Gascon, think no one under 18 should ever be tried as an adult, no matter how serious the crime, because the science says human brains are not fully mature enough to make rational decisions 
until around age 25, but leftists also think eight-year-olds should be able to decide if they should have their junk cut off. Do you think this hypocrisy reveals some other agenda is at hand? Well, I think it does. I think it does. I don't think that exposing their hypocrisy ever wakes them up. You know, on the margins, you can get somebody here and there, uh, but they don't seem to ever respond to hypocrisy. That's why I keep showing you that video of Dick Levine, Richard Levine, who lived his life as a man into his 50s, had two children. Then he transitions, whatever that means, and it's unclear what he did with his genitals, and frankly, I don't want to know. Um, and now he's for transitioning young kids, despite the fact that he says his greatest joy in life was having those children. I, I honestly, it's, it's hard to think of something much more evil than that. You say that you are the greatest joy in your life is that you did not transition so that you could have these children and now you do not, you do not want to keep, uh, well, you want to basically allow for kids to just be able to do whatever the hell they want. Uh, I'm being, we're correcting the record on the fly here. Oh, I'm getting actual dates. People may want to know the actual dates that the team joined us. Chris has been with me since May of 2019. Let me tell you something else great about Chris. What Chris did, Chris emailed us and he said, hey, I've been watching your show for a while and I see what you guys are doing on YouTube and all that. And I'm a, I'm a YouTube optimization guy. I deal with all the backend stuff. He said, let me work for you for, a, I, I think I'm right about this. Let me work for you for a month for free. Let me just do some stuff for you. And you let me know if it works out. And not only did it work out, but every month now, we crush our numbers virtually every month across the board, watch time, views, individual viewers, monetization, like the whole thing. So Chris has been with me since May of 19. Phoenix has been with me since May of 20. So you were my intern before, before Connor, I stand corrected. Holy cow. Uh, Connor has been with me since October of 2020. Daphne since May of 22. Brock since December of 22. And Michaela since March of 23. Okay, very good. Uh, and Connor is not taking back his applause that he gave himself. So <laughs> that's good. Daisy says, did the uh, Ruben Report cookbook drop and did I miss it? No, it has not dropped yet. It is completely my fault. Daphne is taking care of this. I've got it sitting on my desk printed out and I just need to take one last look at it. I promise you, you have my official word. The Ruben Report community cookbook, which is some recipes from me and the team and also really from you guys, the viewers, uh, that will be posted in Locals next week. I promise you, I promise you. Uh, Christine says, name a life lesson and leaving California doesn't count. Ooh, I mean, that's, you know, move to a place where you're free. That's like Dave Rubin 101. Um, I'll give you a life lesson. I'll be corny for just a moment. Um, I can tell you that in the almost year now, uh, because Justin's almost one, there'll be one on August 6th, uh, of being a father and not just a father for, for one kid, but two, it, it has completely changed my life at every possible level, realizing fully, not even realizing because intellectually everyone knows it, but like having everything not be about you, waking up to these eyes that see the world in the most open, decent way and look at you with nothing but pure joy and knowing that it's your job to hopefully fill them up with all of the right stuff so they have a chance out there in that brutal world. Like it does something to you, it does something to you. I'll, I'll tell you uh, one that was uh, kind of scary, but put some things in perspective. About two months ago, uh, Luke wasn't feeling well and, and was kind of vomiting a bit and it was, it was late night and then suddenly went very pale. So we were very concerned, obviously. And we took him to the, um, to the children's hospital that's near us. And I don't know, it's about a 10 minute drive. 
But as we were going there, and thankfully, by the time we even got into the car, he started to get some color back, and it actually turned out he was totally fine. Does that, that's a sidebar. Um, but as we were in the car, like I was, like I was talking to God. I was literally like, "Take me. You can take me, instead of this kid. Take me instead of this kid." That is like a deeply powerful thing. I I just got to know this kid, and I'm willing to throw my life on the line for him. Like that's something that you can't really explain until you're a parent. So. I would say become a parent. It's a good one. Uh, Eliza says, I think it was a brilliant decision to have your children so close in age. I get it, except for having twins, most people cannot space their children so close in age. But I'm curious if you have thoughts on the pros and cons of having children so close in age. Well, the pros are obvious. Like these kids have a, they can play with each other now. And especially Luke has had a nice little uh, spurt, little growth spurt now because two months is a lot when they're very young, where now they're like, pretty even and now finally Luke's crawling around more so Luke so Justin's not just like crushing him at all the time so now they're really playing and they're cracking each other up and like I can set them up and get some blocks out and like we can kind of do our thing and and that's just great I would say the challenge of it is there's two kids that you got to feed all the time there's two kids that you got to get to sleep all the time and take naps and all of that stuff and it's just you're just double you know you're doubling the fun and you're also doubling like the general state of chaos and craziness. And, you know, we're trying to do most of this mostly on our own. We do have some uh, help with uh, David's sister who's been helping out and, and family coming and going, but like, it, it's an awful, awful lot. And, uh, but it's, it's extremely rewarding and tiring and great and crazy and scary and wonderful. Uh, Deep Thoughts says, are you still in support of Larry Elder in any way? I think Larry's message is so important and needs to be heard. Did we confirm Larry for next week? Is that, is that confirmed? Yes. Well, Larry Elder is confirmed for the Rubin Report program next Monday, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll probably get that up on uh, on Tuesday. Larry is running for president. He, I don't think he has the 40,000 unique donors yet to get into that debate, which is one of the reasons I wanted to have him on quickly before I get off the grid uh, to help him get to the 40,000. I would love, 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 love just to see Larry on that debate stage one time, get his ideas out there, be great. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But like, I just, I adore the guy. We became great friends, which is, which is such a beautiful, you know, middle part of the story of the guy that kind of woke me up politically. And you guys all know that story from many years ago. Um, so I, uh, I certainly hope that he will, uh, he will get involved and hopefully we can get a couple donors going his way and see what happens. Uh, Kavebs says, Hey Dave, uh, when you want to check out from the insanity, enjoy a non-political podcast. What are your favorites? Obviously, now that you're a dad, your checkout time is much less. Yes, well, my checkout time is basically non-existent. Truly, I don't listen to any podcasts. <laughs> I don't. You know, I see clips of different things like throughout Twitter, from Twitter on the day, during the day and that kind of thing. I, I watch the same things I watched in 1989. I watch Seinfeld. I watch old episodes of The Simpsons and I watch old episodes of The Golden Girls. That's pretty much it. And then the other thing that I do when I'm doing cardio, I watch old late 80s, early 90s basketball games. That's it. And I, a lot of the games, I can remember literally every missed shot, every hit shot, every rebound, every assist, but I, I just love it. it. It's a way of escaping. And, uh, and, and the last thing that I need at the end of my day is just more politics and all that. Uh, Quinn says, uh, since you've campaigned with Larry Elder and Ron DeSantis, what would you say the pros and cons are between the two? And what did you learn about politics from those events? Well, it's interesting because, you know, Larry and I campaigned together during the, the recall. And it was such an absolutely crazy time because especially I did events with him around the L.A. area. So you got to remember, this is peak COVID. 
Cali craziness, LA particular brand of craziness. So to be out there with people, and it felt like Trump rallies, so many great Americans and flags and joy, and everyone's calling Larry a white supremacist, and I'm out there and all these people, white, black, otherwise, gay, straight, all cheering the guy on, and it was so fun, and, and it was just like, it was just like an endless party, and it was, it was a long shot, right? It was a lark. It was like, I don't know, can this thing freaking happen? But I, I believe, I really believe if you're gonna do something, you gotta go all the way. So I believed, I believed. Sometimes it's not gonna work. And, and that's just what it is. But I think you have to, if you wanna accomplish something, you gotta give it your all. And we, I gave it my all, Larry gave it it all. Callie did not agree with us and Callie will, I would say, pay the repercussions. They're, they're feeling the repercussions of that right now. But it was just a great joy. And I would say on the DeSantis front, um, I've actually only done one sort of specific campaign with it, uh, thing with him once so far, which was Nevada couple weeks ago and I, I freaking loved it. Like we were at this ranch uh, about an hour outside Reno. There was like a mile long cars. It's very hot this time of year in Nevada. Tell that to Joe Scarborough. So it's, you know, it's like 95 sunny beating down on us. I'm burning up, but we're, we're on stage. We weren't on stage together. I, I gave my talk first then then the governor went on and, uh, and it was just great. It was this, uh, what do they call it? The Basque fry. So they literally fry lamb testicles. That's the main food people are eating throughout the day. They also did have chicken. Um, and the kids were there and the people were there. And I just love for any of you that saw me there. And I, I know many viewers did. It's like, I love being out there saying hi to everybody, seeing everybody. People always, the thing is what AOC doesn't realize, people mean online. In real life, they're, they're pretty great. And uh, what did I learn about politics from those events? The main thing I learned from these events is that people for the most part, at least the people who come to say right-leaning events, they really are willing to disagree on a couple things. They love this country and they wanna figure a way out of the nonsense. So some of them may have religious beliefs that might be different than how I live. Some of them might feel differently on foreign policy or whatever, but it's like they really do wanna put that stuff aside to, to live a good life and, and save this country. Uh, all right, we've got one bonus question. Deanna says, what did you get David for his birthday? So it was David's birthday yesterday, which was very exciting when we found out it was National Hot Dog Day. He did not know that his birthday fell on National Hot Dog Day. Actually, I really nailed, 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 nailed the birthday present. I flew in uh, his best girlfriend uh, from childhood, from junior high and high school, Megan. I flew her in as a surprise and it was so perfect because yesterday at lunch, she got here about 11 o'clock, we're doing the show. And I told her, come in and we ordered lunch already. I said, hide in the dining room and then I'll bring out lunch and then you'll just walk out when we sit down. David walks out for lunch and he's like, and he sees that lunch is just sitting on the table. And he's like, he's like, I really thought you had a surprise for me. I thought like one of my friends was gonna be here. I thought maybe Megan was gonna be here. And she just opens the door and she's right. And he freaked, he freaked out. So, uh, so, then I cooked some uh, some lamb for us last night, not lamb testicles, regular it's lamb about, chops. You know, and, uh, without question. And tonight I'm sending them out, uh, just the two of them to, to go enjoy themselves because she's also got a young one at home, so it'll be good for them to kind of do their thing. Anyway, guys, hope you enjoyed the Q&A and the show today. If you have not subscribed, please do at rumble.com slash Ruben Report. And as censorious and ridiculous as YouTube is, uh, probably today, maybe tomorrow, we're gonna cross that 2 million subscriber thing on YouTube. We have never put, um, one of the most proud things that I have related to the sort of nuts and bolts of this show, we have never put a dime into advertising on this show. When you see other big, 
channels that do political stuff like us, they've, many of them have put hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars into advertising to get subscribers and all that stuff. We have done this all without one freaking dime. So get us to that. If you're watching right now and you have not subscribed, subscribed, you might be our 2 millionth subscriber. You get nothing, but maybe a round of applause. Connor, could we give them a pre round of a, we have the, Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. All right, post-game show coming on the other side, rubenport.locals.com. See everybody tomorrow. tuning into the Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.